she mentions the likes of Doja Cat, Anna Grande, Camila Cabello. And to be honest, no one cared about Camila Cabello. No one gave two hex. <laughs> Cardi B, Kehlani, Nicki Minaj, and Beyonce. Now listen, some of these names were the worst names to bring up because number one, all of them have had to deal with scrutiny from the media, from stands that troll. I'm a classic man. Hello, welcome, bonjour, hola, como esta, <laughs> aquaba, all of them good things there. Welcome to episode six of the Classic Manny Show. It is your boy, V1, the only Manny. I hope you all are well and staying safe. We are now halfway through the single digit numbers for our episodes before we enter the double digit numbers. And I'm so excited. I've been able to give you five episodes during this lockdown. I'm just so grateful to everyone that has supported this podcast by sharing, leaving their reviews, just showing so much love i appreciate it so much that's what encourages me to even keep on going and give you guys more exciting content i was meant to have a special guest for this episode especially for the rhoa reunion and season review but due to the technical issues i was not able to bring her on but i will definitely bring her on when i'm back in the studio i definitely miss having that creative space and just being able to feel comfortable you know because obviously when you're recording from home you have to work based on family time whilst in the studio you book the slot that's it before we go any further make sure to use the hashtag tcm show as you listen to this episode make sure to share with your friends and on your social media platforms and make sure to leave a review like that really helps the kid okay i now want to go into the latest releases and i want to start off with do it by chloe and Haley. if you don't know who they are they are sisters who are managed by beyonce through her record label parkwood entertainment and they're also under columbia records so i've heard of their name for a hot minute but i wasn't really appealed to their music if i'm being honest with y'all I wasn't really into their music because it sounded like witchcraft music. I'm so sorry. But with Do It Now, I feel like it's more commercial, but it's still them in a sense. They're still giving us vocals. This song is amazing. I'm in love with the visuals for it. It is beautiful. You can really see that Beyonce is definitely giving them her input. In an interview, they said that if Beyonce doesn't like a particular aspect of what they do, she gives them notes. They have their own contribution into their sound, their identity, their image. It's amazing to see, like, of course, as I said, it's very different to what I've seen of them with their other music, but at the same time, it doesn't feel forced. There's some certain artists that when they do this rebrand, it feels very forced, it feels very awkward and cringe, but with them two, it's beautiful to see. I'm so excited for what's to come for them. Do, do, and that's just how we do it. <laughs> i believe victoria monet wrote the song if you know who she is definitely check her out she has got her own song such as us like that freak etc and she's also well known for writing anna grande's songs as well they're very close friends but yes i'm definitely rooting for chloe and Haley. i was meant to talk about the weekend's recent single in your eyes the remix featuring doja cat however the following day after i put this in my notes doja cat's past resurface onto the internet. The crazy thing about this Doja Cat scandal is the fact that it's so different to the standard scandals that we hear or that we've heard in the past. For example, we're used to hearing homophobic tweets resurfacing or racist tweets or colorist tweets, but this one is just so different. There's so many layers to it that I don't think her team has handled it well because I believe she released a statement which I will read, but I just 
oh, it's just so disappointing because this week two of my faves have let me down with their past, their present, and their madness. Okay, <laughs> we'll get to the other artists in a bit, but when it comes to Doja now, the tea is she has been a part of a chat room which consists of racist incels. I believe these are people that are racist and don't want to get married or something i need to look in that properly let me actually research on what that is before i give you guys alternative facts uh incels meaning let me check what that means yes so incels are members of an online subculture who define themselves as unable to find a romantic or sexual partner despite desiring one which is a yikes so i can only start by talking about where i stand as a stand because I just spoke about Doja Cat in the last episode. I spoke about her in my first episode. So I have been a fan of her for a hot minute now. I've loved her album Hot Pink. I was sharing it constantly. I was just rooting for her. What makes it hard to defend her and what makes her situation different from other like backlash and scandals is the fact that receipts have shown that she was on this same chat room a week or two ago. People have given their theories as to why she is the way she is. One thing that I said in the previous episode that I want to say here again is that no one is born or comes out of the coochie a racist, colorist, with self-hate issues. This is something that develops through their environment. Again, this is not me excusing her behavior. I have had to mute her music because it is so severe and it's not a thing of, this is her past, this is very much her present. I can't support someone knowing that they most likely and most evidently still share those same views that they've had. People that know of Doja Cat know that she has had issues with her father, who happens to be fully black, he's a South African actor. There's even a video that resurfaced of Doja Cat speaking to Whoopi Goldberg because she was in the movie that her dad was on and she told Whoopi that, you have met my dad before I've met my dad. I've not spoken about it here yet, but I'll speak about it in the podcast when the time is right. But I can relate to that aspect. And even for me, even though I'm not half black or half white, I'm half Ghanaian, half Antiguan. And I don't know one thing about my Antiguan culture. And it's so sad to me because I want to know about it. From what I've seen, it is beautiful. But just like Georgia Cat and just like myself, at a certain age, it's up to me. I can't rely on my dad to now teach me about my Antiguan side. Because she's a year older than me. Georgia Cat is just 24. I'm 23. At a certain point in her life, she should have known that, okay, you know what? This is not right. If she knew it was right, she'll be public with this. An interview resurfaced of her saying how she is obsessed with a certain chat. We didn't know it was going to be this. You know what? With whole cancel culture, as I always say, is a thing of do the audience or the, do the target audience care enough? I know that I can't listen to her music again. Going based off her response to this, I don't think I can, you know, because I don't see any accountability being taken. The receipts don't match what she's saying. Doja Cat's always been a lies kind of person. Looking at the apology is a note that I think she did on her story because I can recognize the font. That's not how Doja Cat communicates with her fans. I would have probably expected a video a live chat because that's what she loves to do clearly you know so for me it didn't feel like this is from her it feels very half-assed in a sense there is a song that resurfaced called didn't do nothing and it's spelled in a different way it's not like didn't do nothing that's what i'm struggling to even say it properly so it's spelled d-i-n-d-u space n-u-f-f-i-n didn't do nothing and it's a derogatory term used against black people that go through police brutality especially in america and the timing of the song's release was very close to Sandra Bland's death. It's very hard to believe that she was trying to take a term and make it like how people have taken the word nigger and 
turned it into something like a positive endearing i don't get it i don't get this it's so sad because she is in her prime she's literally in her prime the music video for like that leaked and i really did like that song so much <laughs> no pun intended i like that song so much the visual looks beautiful but i can't support her knowing that in a sense she's not taking accountability and this is not the first time she's gone through something where she's been exposed and she's given a half-assed apology i didn't know that there was a whole homophobic tweet that came out and she just said listen i said these words um forgive me like you can hear her voice as she's given this half-assed apology all in all i hope that she heals from whatever has caused her to have this anti-black view because even other stuff leaked a live where she was talking about her 4c hair texture she just sounds like she hates it of course i do see black women talk about oh it's very hard to manage sometimes it's stressful the pain we see little kids talk about it but the way she spoke about it with so much disdain oh my god i would say go and watch lovely t's video because she had all the receipts there the best way for her to have dealt with this is to do what she does best which is go on live but then again i understand if she says the wrong thing and she's not really processed what has happened and how bad it is and why her fans are upset it can come off hella wrong so of course the safer option is to go and make a notes apology through instagram story as i said in my previous episode just because i understand the cause or the possible cause of why she's the way she is does not make it right if you understand what i'm saying i'm not trying to defend her in any way shape or form if i was i was still playing her music next i want to talk about tiana taylor and she released two new singles on the same day bear with me and made it with those two singles she gave us visuals for both of them and i'm just so excited for what's to come with this new album i like bear with me but i think it's too short i get that when it comes to streaming that the best way to get your numbers up is by making your song short but with tiana taylor i feel like her artistry has been very half-assed and i think it's reflected in her success because she has so many issues with her last album which was produced by kanye west i feel like it was produced and messed up by kanye west i should say the album was called keep the same energy ktse and i just i want her to do good but i don't like these short songs i feel like even when the song ended it felt like it was about to go into the bridge or about to go into the final chorus i feel like the song was too short just like kelly Rowland's coffee song i just nah i don't like that the next song made it i love it because it's slightly longer the song is in honor of this year's graduates who have had to celebrate through the comforts of their own homes due to the whole coronavirus and yeah i do love her songs i love her vocals i love the visuals for bear with me but i feel like i want her to think about quality over anything else when it comes to her music so far i definitely love her debut album seven that's one of the best debut albums ever when it comes to r&b music and it was top notch the quality of it was amazing and i think that's what set the high expectations for her next album which was keep the same energy due to kanye west and bad promotion it didn't get the reception that it deserved and i can't even blame the audience because the album felt very rushed of course there's good songs like gonna love me rose and harlem but i just feel like it felt rushed it needed to be a little bit longer i just hope that with the album that it matches seven but it shows growth because I want her to do good. She has amazing vocals, she's talented, she can dance, she can sing, she has the presence. The thing about the music industry is this, you can have the voice, you can have the looks, but if you don't have the total package, and the package includes having the right team. Look at Doja Cat, the reason why she got to where she was before the scandal happened anyway, is because 
she had the right team. Going back to Doja Cat, where I think RCA Records messed up was by focusing on her alone, whilst they got Nomani, they've got her, the singer, and I just don't understand why they were so focused on her alone, because as I said in my first episode actually, you wouldn't think they're on the same label. They have put on the shelf and they have forgotten about her existence. All we've seen her do is model and dance. <laughs> that's all we've seen and that's them trying to knock Nomani down, but it just goes to show that if they were protesting other artists that they had, such as her, I believe her has released four EPs and made two of the EPs an album, but that's just being lazy. At this point in time, her should have an album out. When it comes to Nomani, Motivation could have done better than it did, if we're being honest here. The thing about Nomani is that she's had good peaks. So her performance, I think it was the Billboard Musical Awards, where she did that whole spinning around and put her legs up in the moon. Motivation, when she released the video and how it represented the, the 90s and the 2000 music videos, um, her performing that on Video Music Awards. She's had chart success, she's had her videos get good reception such as waves waves increased in views randomly at a time where even her team didn't even promote it it was the fans that made the video views go up so i just don't understand why they have put her on the shelf whilst only focusing on doja because the whole doja thing they could have actually just focused on the money for the meantime whilst they deal with this situation but now they have so many artists under their wing and these are big artists as well. Going back to Tiana Taylor, I just want her to do good. That's all. Next, I want to talk about a song that I discovered through social media called Flipside by a UK-based singer-songwriter, Tamira. I think I'd heard of her once or twice, but I'd never listened to her music. But I came across a promo clip for her recent single, Flipside, which came out... When did it come out? Flipside came out May 22nd so it's a very recent release and you guys I am obsessed with that song I've made it my alarm tone I've listened to her other songs such as Romeo and Don't Phone but I think Flipside is my favourite for me I love the song because of the vocals I love the production the background vocals are stunning she's a beautiful girl and I can see her doing bits she has the image she has the voice I wish her all the best she's UK based so definitely go and support her share it listen to it, put it in your playlist, etc. Lastly, for the latest releases, I want to talk about Rain On Me, which is Lady Gaga's recent single featuring Ariana Grande. Now, <laughs> so far, I have not really been a fan of this new era. I see what our lovely Lady Gaga trying to do. I love her as a person, but I don't think I'm loving the execution thus far. Oh, not even the execution, because the videos have been amazing, but I don't think I like the songs itself. Rain On Me has an amazing visual that would make me want to go and watch it just for that. But the song sounds like Be Alright. When I said this, Supper From Don't Let The Stands grilled my ass, but production-wise, it reminds me of a remix of Be Alright, which is on Ana Grande's album, Dangerous Woman. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I guess there's an audience that would like it. It's for a similar but different demographic than me. If you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. But I just can't connect to it. It's not a song that I can see myself listening to voluntarily or adding it to my playlist. But yeah, I hope the album is good. I think it's coming out soon, I believe. But I just don't like it. I love the visuals though. I love the way they have that good chemistry. I feel like they have good chemistry. It's not like their voices don't match or they don't have good chemistry. They have this sisterly bond that translates individuals especially but i just don't like the song but yeah i hope the album is good sha <laughs> and i want to go into the trending topics and i want to start off by talking about lana del rey's rant that she did unprovoked on her instagram page now this caused a whole riot on the tl i can't lie i was disappointed but i'm gonna read it for you guys let me know your thoughts once again on 
everything I've discussed so far using the hashtag TCM show. She says, question for the culture. <laughs> Not the culture, child. Now that Doja Cat, Ariana Grande, Camila Cabello, Cardi B, Kehlani, and Nicki Minaj, and Beyonce have had number ones with songs about being sexy, wearing no clothes, fucking <laughs> cheating, etc. Can I please go back to singing about being embodied, feeling beautiful by being in love, even if the relationship is not perfect, or dancing for money, or whatever I want, without being crucified or saying that I'm glamorised, I'm, I'm glamorising abuse, sorry. I'm fed up with female writers and alternative singers saying that I glamorise abuse, when in reality, I'm just a glamorous person, singing about the realities of what we all now see in our very prevalent, emotionally abusive relationships all over the world. With all of the topics women are finally allowed to explore, I just want to say over the last 10 years, I think it's pathetic that my minor lyrical exploration detailing my sometimes submissive or passive roles in my relationships has often made people say I've set women back hundreds of years. Let this be clear, I'm not a feminist. Oh, I hate that line. <laughs> I hate that I'm not a feminist line. Oh my God, because what is she fighting for then? <laughs> if she's not a feminist, then why is she fighting for this? Because, oh boy, anyway, she says, let this be clear, I'm not a feminist, but there has to be a place in feminism for women who look and act like me. <laughs> the kind of woman who says no, but men hear yes. The kind of women who are slated mercilessly for being their authentic, delicate selves. The kind of woman who gets their own stories and voices taken away from them by stronger women or by men who hate women. I've been honest and optimistic about the challenging relationships I've had. Newsflash, that's just how it is for many women. And that was sadly my experience up until the point that those records were made. So I just want to say it's been a long 10 years of bullshit reviews up until recently and I've learned a lot from them. But I also feel it really paved the way for other women to stop putting on a happy face <laughs> and to just be able to say whatever the hell they want to in their music. Unlike my experience where if I even expressed a note of sadness in my first two records, I was deemed literally hysterical as though it was literally the 1920s. Anyways, none of this has anything to do about much, but I'll be detailing some of my feelings in my next two books of poetry, mostly the second one with Simon and Scusta? Scusta? Well, I don't know. Yes, I'm still making personal reparations with the proceeds of the books to my choice of Native American foundations, which I'm happy about. And I'm sure there will be ting what tingies? What? There will be tinges. Oh, sorry. And I'm sure there'll be tinges of what I've been pondering in my new album that comes out September 5th. Thanks for reading. Happy quarantining. Now, <laughs> let me take a sip of water for this one because okay. Okay, now, I think where a lot of us had an issue was the name calling, because it was so unnecessary, so unprovoked, what? <laughs> she mentioned the likes of Doja Cat, Anna Grande, Camila Cabello, and to be honest, no one cared about Camila Cabello, no one gave two hecks, <laughs> Cardi B, Kehlani, Nicki Minaj, and Beyonce. Now listen, some of these names were the worst names to bring up because number one, all of them 
have had to deal with scrutiny from the media, from stands that troll. I feel like it was very insulting for her to bring up certain names such as Beyonce and Nicki Minaj, because these are two names that have had to go through hell. Beyonce's been in this industry for decades. If we include Destiny's Child, I believe it's been two decades. When she went solo, she was scrutinized for leaving the girls behind. That's saying that she's no Ashanti. Who does she think she is? She hasn't got the personality. And you can kind of see that Beyonce did a lot to please the people until a certain era. I really feel like Beyonce started to become herself with the self-titled album. That was where I feel Beyonce was herself unapologetically. She owned her blackness. She didn't give two hecks about swearing in her songs. But I get people do say that, oh yeah, it feels weird hearing Beyonce swear in her music because she was very prim and proper when she started. But Beyonce's always owned her femininity from the beginning. Kitty Cat is on B-Day, that's her second album. Her mention of the number one thing. What is so funny is that Kehlani has got no number one singles. <laughs> I think her highest charting single is the song of Cardi B. And that's her as a featuring artist. And I think her highest charting single is either Distraction or Crazy or Gangster, which was number 40. So I don't get where she was coming from. She was coming from alternative facts. I think it was after the Super Bowl. Fox News, Tommy Roman, Tammy Roman, what her bloody name is. This woman has given Beyonce hell. As soon as Beyonce owned her blackness fully, her identity fully, took control of her music and her, di her creative direction, they hated her. Has Lana not seen what Nicki has gone through when it comes to even Little Kim alone? A thread was created by a Nicki Minaj fan who I believe was very impartial and was very fair. And they spoke about the history of Nicki's beef with Little Kim. And what I got from it was that Nicki always credited her, always mentioned her name, gave her props, but Little Kim had a problem with her because, to be honest, Nicki was the first one in a long while that was doing it big for female rap. So from that moment on, Nikki has gone through hell. She's had to prove herself to this very moment. I spoke about this in my last episode. The number one, I feel like she deserved it because she's had to prove herself time and time again with the Grammys, with um, Billboard. She's always had to fight to prove that, you know what, she's deserving of the accolades, the numbers, the success. Kilani almost killed herself because of what happened between her and Party Next Door. People forget about that. She's been screwing us for her sexuality for years. People have insulted her appearance. Oh, she was like, she smells, all that kind of stuff. She's had to do with a lot of nonsense from the media, from fans of other artists. Well, for the most part, I understood where Lana was coming from. But it's a thing of, Lana is not a new artist. Lana is not someone that has not had success. Lana has been credited for changing alternative music. The way this industry works, they're always going to have to prove themselves. It's unfortunate. And that's something that no fan can fix. I think this issue is more to do with the industry than to do with her peers or um the fans if i'm being honest with you that's just from my opinion as someone that like is an observer of pop culture i can never put myself in her shoes because i'm not a woman however she's had success do you know lana's numbers are not small to so that moment had a very diverse range of followers i remember a month or two ago i asked people if they listen to her a lot of black people love her music when it comes to even her artistry it was always going to be her first top one today because Born to Die is a splendid, stunning album that I don't think she could have ever topped in this life or the next life. So I don't know if she's confused by that because I'm telling you, Born to Die was a beautiful album. That album is a part of our sad girl and sad boy bag. Like, we've, we love that album. I just feel like if she didn't mention their names or she mentioned other names that are in her field, okay. I now want to go into the finale for How to Get With Murder 
this show, I'm so sad it's come to an end because it's one of my favourite series of all time, if not my favourite series. The execution of it from the start to the finish, amazing. When I watched the episode before the season finale, I was like, how are they going to be able to conclude everything in a short amount of time? I was certain beyond doubt it's going to be a 40 minute, 50 minute episode. They did it amazingly. Oh my goodness. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I'm going to talk about what happens. It's been a week or two. If you've not watched it is your own <laughs> okay <laughs> so during the season Annalise is framed for the death of Sam Keating Nathaniel Leahy Sr's death death of different governors etc however she ends up winning the case but ends up losing Bonnie and Frank and I think as the episodes progressed we found out that Sam Keating and his sister Hannah had an incestuous relationship and that birthed Frank obviously Frank went on a madness and ends up shooting the governor i believe she's the governor he ends up shooting the governor and he ends up dying and bonnie ends up dying along with him while trying to defend him or save him i cried i literally cried throughout the finale i think it was a mixture of it ending and how it played out annalise's speech in the court oh my god viola davis she is a queen one of the best actors we've ever seen in our lifetime i I want to see her even do more movies post-lockdown. I know, I know that a lot of production has been paused because of lockdown, but I want to see her do bits even more after this because the way she acts with so much conviction, oh my goodness, I, cry, I cried. I love how they spun the whole Bonnie and Clyde thing with Bonnie and Frank. I noticed it by accident. I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> Bonnie and Frank, Bonnie and Clyde. I love the ending. It was amazingly executed. We find out that obviously Annalise dies later on in life. The person that plays Wes now plays Laurel's son as an older man and he now takes over the college or he takes over Annalise's position as a lecturer. The way it ended is how it started but it's Christopher that's now leading the class and oh it gives me chills just thinking about the whole production element of it. Beautiful all the way down to the camera quality. Oh my god I don't know if it's just me that focuses on that kind of stuff. The camera quality for that show mm, is beautiful. The angles, the lighting, all these minor details. Michaela is a witch. <laughs> Just like her father. Michaela is a witch. The worst character on this show. I feel like I kind of empathise with her in previous seasons. But this season, ah, uh, she lost me. I said, wow. <laughs> of course, Connor gets arrested because he did not take the same deal that she did. The outcome of it was sad. But I just love how it was not oh, a hunky-dory thing. Of course, there's going to be certain losses here and there. It was not going to be realistic. And I love the ending. It was a beautiful ending to an amazing show. The main purpose of this episode is to discuss season 12 of Real Housewives of Atlanta. I believe it was a good season overall. They had a virtual reunion, which I thought was not going to work, but it ended up being one of the best reunions in a very long while. We'll get into that in a bit, but I want to go into each character and their situation this season. So I want to start off with Portia, who is my favorite saved the season she carried the season on her back imagine she just birthed a beautiful child but she now has to carry a season after this what Portia has grown so much of course we saw that she had a lot of anger issues in previous seasons which caused her to leave for a season but she's come back and she has shown so much growth so where do we start with Portia before the season started there was a lot of rumors about her fiance Dennis one being that he was a cheating ass which turned out to be true he cheated on her while she was pregnant and another rumor was that he was into bestiality this was pushed by tasha k who is a us-based drama channel oh my goodness we we were like what <laughs> portion no not this man <laughs> sorry to this man but we can't write for this one so the season starts and 
Portia is unrecognisable. Portia did confirm that she was going through postnatal depression as well as depression because of her situation with her fiancé, Dennis. And I look at him, I'm like, he does not deserve her, man. I don't think they are equally yoked. I don't think he compliments her in any way, shape or form. But later on in the season, he finds his way back and he gives her a new ring and they move on. They move on as if nothing has happened. I think my issue... Not my issue, because that's not it's not my personal business. But one thing that I've noticed with Portia and just people in general is that they like to compare their past situations as a way of justifying what the person has done. If you've watched Real Housewives from the start, she was married to an idiot called Cordell. I believe he was a basketball or baseball player. One of these sports players, he was horrible. If you guys watch her back then, she was a holy girl. Listen, I'm for my mans and my mans only. I don't have time to have fun with you girls because I have to go back to my husband. Like, she was a devoted Christian wife. And, like, if you watch her then and watch her now, it's two different people. There was elements of abuse in their marriage. So I think she compares the fact that Corda was abusive, the fact that, oh, it's just mere cheating with Dennis as a way of justifying why she should stay with him. I don't think he is good enough for her. But at the end of the day, they've got a kid together. I understand that there are parents out there that are still together because, well, for the sake of the kids. If I'm blessed to have kids one day and God forbid, stuff happens between me and my partner, shoot, <laughs> cheating, shoot, disrespect, shoot. I don't play those games. And I know it's easier said than done, but at the same time, just looking at how it affected her and how she had to work her way back to being herself again, is it seems draining. I don't wish that for anybody. I don't wish that for anybody at all. Portia also repairs her friendship with Nini. Between the last season reunion and this season, there was definitely beef between Nini and Portia. Portia revealed text messages between her and Nini where Nini called her fat. If I remember correctly, she had just given birth. I'll talk about Nini in a bit anyway, but yeah, I just feel like I feel like, obviously, they had a good bond together. One thing that I hate is how Candy and Kenya reacted to Portia saying, it's been hard without you. As I said, Portia went for one of the hardest times on this show with her husband, or her ex-husband Cordell, and Nini was there for her during those times. So I can see how maybe Portia wanted Nini to be there for her um, during the situation with Dennis. Portia is a rider, and one thing that they were saying in the reunion was that, oh, she licked Nini's behind. I don't think Portia licked Nini's behind at all. I think... Portia is a straight shooter. She says how she feels. If you've done some trifling shit, she'll tell you that you've done trifling shit. If you've done something right, she'll defend you. And I just love how she defended Nini in that Toronto trip because, wow, Kenya tried it. We're going to get to Kenya in a bit anyway. But, yeah, I love Portia so much. She was my favourite this season. She brought substance to this season. I now want to go into Kenya and what she and Portia had in common was that their relationship was in the news before the season started. In Kenya's case, it was announced that she and her husband Mark Daly had separated and that um, they had had some kind of beef during the recording of this season, which I believe was a charity event that I believe Mark Daly was a part of. Just to give you a backstory on Kenya and Mark's relationship, we didn't know much about them in the previous seasons, but Kenya eloped with him and got married in the Caribbean and whew, that caused her to lose her peach, I believe for a full season, if I remember correctly. So I believe from brother's point of view, they felt you've now become a real housewife. Why wouldn't you want us to document your wedding? Because we've done it for Cynthia, for Nini, etc. And she ended up losing her peach. However, Kenya returned. We didn't see much of him at first until this season. Now, with this season, we got to see the cracks in their marriage and those cracks are huge cracks. It's not those minor cracks. Those were major cracks that could cause the whole house to fall down. Through this season, we're able to see that Mark is actually very controlling and very, oh, disrespectful. 
full. This man calls her Ken. And it's so weird because we have seen two sides of Ken in this season. We have seen the witch and we have seen the one that's humbled herself. With her husband, she is so quiet. She's so pim and proper. Nini says she loves Ken because Ken knows when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're going to get into the whole situation with her and Tanya in a little bit. But yeah, he's definitely very controlling and it showed more when she was trying to help him pick out an, an outfit for the charity event. He was like, oh, you didn't go and get this for me at this time. Da, 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 da. In the charity event, he was telling her to remain seated and she actually sat down. I said, Kenya, this is not you. You've known Kenya as this person that's outspoken, that's not to hold her tongue. She will tell you how she feels and she will say it with no apologies whatsoever. During the charity event, he was being interviewed by the press and he said he hates marriage. I said, what? <laughs> This marriage is fresh. You guys have been blessed with a beautiful child, Brooklyn. It's a part of your marriage. How can you say that you hate your, your marriage with Kenya? He says he's depressed knowing that he was still mic'd up and the camera crew was going to pick it up. Absolutely a mess. He has definitely shamed Kenya so much this season that it's so embarrassing. According to her and to the media, they're still together. And I don't know why someone who has been disrespected to that degree, to the point that he was still entertaining other girls from his past, I don't know why she would stay. I know why she stayed, but I don't know why someone who is sane and who knows their worth would stay in a situation knowing that he doesn't respect her. But I'm gonna pause here for a second so I can talk about the whole Tanya situation now. We are introduced to the cookie lady who is the alleged side heifer of Tanya's man. She goes on a tour to all these ladies talking about how um, Tanya's man has been unfaithful to her. He approached her at a club, yada, yada, yada. She goes to Kenya and Cynthia and Cynthia invites the cookie lady to her winery launch and i just hate the way she said his name oh do you guys know paul <laughs> her tongue was rolled i said sorry <laughs> kenya now brings this cookie lady to a lunch with tanya eva cynthia as a way of seeking revenge because tanya exposed the fact that kenya was wearing a wig on the trip which I felt like that was so petty or so childish. But this was the moment where I lost so much respect for Kenya. From the start, I'm like, you know what? I know Kenya has her bad side, but I like it. There's something about her that I like about her. But this scene changed everything. I said, Kenya, this is wicked. Just to find out that Kenya was going through the same thing. I said it on Twitter, this went beyond hurt people, hurt people. She was so disrespectful to bring the cookie lady, to call her the C word. Oh my God. I said, Kenya, this is so disrespectful. I feel like Kenya has projected all her issues onto the women of the show. In my heart, I believe that Tanya's man was only bringing his single friends to the cook lady and her friends. I don't think he was trying to be a part of talking to the girls. I just don't understand how Tanya, who I love, by the way, I love Tanya. At one point, I said she deserved a peach, but after how she dealt with this, just keep her as a friend of the show because she does not know how to put people in their place. Because the fact that Cynthia had all this information, invited the girl to her winery, Kenya had all this information. Why are you not giving Gazboz Gazbaz behavior? You should be doing Gazboz Gazbaz. Give them what they've given you because Kenya was so disrespectful for doing that, knowing that her husband was still in communication with an old flame. I love Tanya's grace, but sometimes you need to put grace aside and give people what they give you because they will take you for a mug for the rest of your goddamn life. I said, Tanya, no. I believe Nini, when she says that Cynthia has another side to her that we have not seen before, I believe it. I feel like we see hints of it, but we don't see it all. Because Nini, we know Nini's problematic. We know Nini's a mess. We know that, we've known that from season one. <laughs> That's what differentiates Nini from Cynthia. Like with Nini, what you see is what you get. You know she's problematic. You know she's a problem. You know she's trouble. Like, it's just, oh my goodness. Kenya is bad at taking accountability. It is horrible. 
it is absolutely horrible to see i just hope she does what is best for her and i hope that she heals because she will continue to be a pain to others until she has healed herself you know, we all know her story about her and her mother her mother not being there for her from when she was born i believe she was given to her grandparents and her dad i think don't call me on that that is what i remember in my head anyway she was the epitome of a mean girl this season and i don't know she's good for the show as nini has said time and time again but at the same time it was just very hard to watch i now want to go into the beautiful cynthia bailey and as we're just talking about kenya i want to talk about their friendship she was friends with nini of course they fell out at a certain point during the show and cynthia now became friends or closer with kenya one thing that i've noticed with cynthia is that she doesn't give the same energy to kenya that she gives to nini and it is horrible to see she's very flip floppy and as i said i understand what people are saying about how we have not seen cynthia's other side kenya has disrespected her so many times in this season alone that is ridiculous it was so hard to watch in the reunion because obviously they gave us a package of their worst moments together the worst moments in their friendship for me were when kenya tried to test cynthia's knowledge in winery why why would you do that as a friend how did she feel when people were smelling the bottle or tasting it to see that there was just water inside like she knows how it feels to have a business and people like knock her down but to now try and test cynthia's knowledge publicly and shame her whether it's intentional or unintentional just shows how messy she is as a person what made it worse is that cynthia didn't hold her accountable for it. it's like oh i felt this way but i don't feel like you'd meant it in this way but with nini you don't give her that same benefit of the doubt a fan sent a comment to the reunion saying that nini and kenya are the same and i believe it their toxic are exactly the same so to label nini as this toxic friend while she said oh kenya's got a good side in her what angered me even more is when kenya ruined cynthia's engagement what made her feel that it was okay to tell cynthia oh i believe mike's gonna propose tonight if you believe so, why didn't you keep it to yourself? And the funny thing is, when it comes to even Kenny's situation with Mark, apparently he gave her the ring and said, here, take it. <laughs> At the doubt. No. Like, so I feel maybe intentionally or unintentionally, she was upset that Sim was going to get that proper proposal, being in front of friends and family. Mike did a very good job of flying his family out, her family out, bringing their kids together. It was so horrible as a friend to ruin a surprise like that. She knows that a proposal is meant to be a surprise. I can't lie. Cynthia was acting a tad bit desperate this season and it was awkward to watch. It's as if she's never been married before. The way she'd be, I said, woman, <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> like, the man's not going anywhere. But I'm kind of, well, I wish her well. But with the way Mike speaks about his past, I pray that he has unlearned his toxic womanizing ways because this man seems to be about it. And the fact that he has so many female friends is worrying. Well, I have a lot of female friends, but my situation is different from his. His one is like, it's weird because I hope there's boundaries. As long as there's boundaries... I can respect it. He has a whole book about how he was womanized, so just hoeing in his dancery. Oh my god. So I just hope that she doesn't make a mistake like how she did with Peter. I feel like this should be Cynthia's last season because she didn't really bring that much to this season. When it comes to relationship with Mike, it's cringe to watch. I don't really care for it. She can go. <laughs> I now want to talk about Nini Leaks, the one, the only, the HBIC when it comes to this show. So when it came to this season, she spent half of it making amends with the women of the show and half of it missing. 
we didn't see Nini for the first few episodes and we were wondering, where Dow, where is she though? <laughs> where is she at though? Because she was gone for a hot minute. Nini had a lot of issues with the women in the previous seasons and she used the season to make amends with them, such as Portia, Eva, who we're gonna get into in a bit. So she tried to make amends with Kenya, but that didn't work. When it comes to Nini, I can't come and lie to you. I do feel like she's problematic. Just like Kenya, she doesn't know how to take accountability for her actions. I think really and truly she's a loner. <laughs> her only real friend that she has is her husband, Greg. So I think she realised this season that she had to make amends. Bravo's had enough of her. I personally feel like Bravo's had enough of her. I don't think she should return. Let me know your thoughts because I don't know if she should return. When it comes to Nini's beef with Kenya more, I don't understand where it stems from. Nini allegedly spat at Kenya and was throwing popcorn or whatever at her and I just feel like Nini should know better because she is not a kid same as Kenya both of them should know better I feel I would hold both of them accountable because they're both old they're both grown I think they're both above 50 if you put the fact that it makes good tv aside the way Nini behaves is very childish what actually killed me was when Nini left the reunion and Kenya said you need this reunion because you've missed episodes and the funny thing is they get paid by the episode so when she said that I said Jesus Christ the shade is real yeah there's not much to talk about when it comes to Nini because she was missing for half of it and for the other parts of it she was just trying to make amends with Portia etc etc it was claimed that she had audio of Cynthia chatting shit about her and this rumour was started by Yavanna who I cannot stand she makes me cringe she was part of the third part of the reunion which I watched this morning Yavanna is claiming that Nini asked her to befriend the girls so that she can get tea on how they feel about her but the thing is the people that she had issues with were very vocal about it already Portia made it very abundantly clear she didn't want her on the show that she hated her guts even though she did miss her even Marcel has clapped back at her body shaming her saying she's ugly Kenya has called her ugly so it's like they have never hidden how they felt about her and I actually do wish that Nini actually stayed for the reunion so that she can talk about this further next I want to talk about Eva Marcel who I just, I don't like her on this show. I think she needs to go <laughs> because she brings nothing to the table. She throws very weak shade. I don't find her entertaining the slightest. She's a pretty babe, but once you put the prettiness aside, there's just nothing that she brings to the show. My issue with Eva Marcel is that from the start of her being on the show, she has clearly shown that she suffers from memory loss and amnesia because she always forgets what she says. Um, She made a comment regarding Portia's baby looking like Dennis and we all know she was throwing shade. Let's be real here. She was throwing shade because Dennis, <laughs> Dennis is Dennis, that's what I can say. Dennis is no Todd. If you know who Todd is, not Todd Tucker, I'm talking about Portia's Todd from the previous seasons. Dennis is no Todd. So we all knew what she was saying and Portia knew what she was saying. That's why Portia was pissed at the reunion. Eva would throw stones and hide. Like, no, don't do that. If you're going to throw stones, stand up and own it <laughs> because it's just embarrassing to watch like she just makes me cringe so much so from what i can remember she was pregnant at the start of the season and she gave birth during the season also during the season we see that michael stelling her husband gives her daughter from a previous situation ship his last name and that was definitely beautiful to see it made me very emotional this was actually eva being eva and it's a touching story that i think a lot of people can relate to i'm so happy for her because her sperm donor as she likes to call him is horrible vibes he is disgusting i think he's a singer is he a singer or a rapper kevin mccall kevin mckill whatever his bloody name is he is just horrible he has made her life hell like we've seen it happen even before she was on the show even though she's found the love of her life who respects her and gives her the love that she deserves um 
you can still see that she is traumatized by that situation that happened with Kevin, her sperm donor. And I wish her the best, but off the show. Okay, because I don't think she gives me anything. Another person that has not given me life this season is Candy. And it's shocking because at one point she was one of my favourites because what I loved about her back then was the fact that she was very balanced with her. When it came to certain beefs that happened in the seasons, I started to get tired of Candy from the whole rape allegation that was started by Portia and Phaedra. Because I just feel like she kind of lost herself after that and she just became boring. Her storylines never hit. I think Portia was her storyline for a very long time and once they became cordial, she just completely fell off. <laughs> she fell off completely. She now became Kenya's best friend. I said, where did this come from? I feel like her and Cynthia lit Kenya's behind more than anybody does to anybody else on this show. She is another person that does not hold Kenya accountable for her actions, which is absolutely annoying to see and it's so weird because Candy was not that person before. Candy was always that person that was very neutral with her opinions when it came to issues on the show in previous seasons. I think that's how she's by nature because even Mama Joy is her mom. She enables so much toxic behaviour. I have felt bad for Todd from the very beginning of the relationship because he has had to live his life to please Mama Joyce. And I don't think Candy has put her mom in her place properly all these years. According to Candy, they're now in a better place now because of the birth of her child who she has through surrogacy but at the same time it's just like I feel like her mom will always be a problem until she realizes that you know what her daughter is left to make choice for herself I think another issue that was shown during this season when it came to Candy was her lack of balance when it came to her work and family life it was definitely bad and you know it's bad when her daughter Riley says don't have another child because you can't even handle the both of us <laughs> which is her and her brother Ace I think Candy's in a place where she needs to actually find balance because she's built her name for herself she is even credited for Andrew Gande's song break up your girlfriend i'm bored she is making money from no scrubs by tlc to this day ed sharan even sampled no scrubs for shape of you so she's making money i love how she said that her having to quarantine has made her realize she can balance all these things and they want to make it a priority post lockdown so yes i'm definitely happy to hear that but i don't really feel like i want candy on the show anymore she has served her purpose for the next season though i think it's time to bring phaser back i miss her dearly she brought so much life to the show effortlessly as well tanya can stay as a friend of the show yovana needs to go because i just feel like she's an opportunist she just wants to use the show for whatever purpose that she has but i just don't like her i can't come and lie to you kenya looked amazing at the reunion she makes good tv as her nemesis nina's even said i don't know if the show has reached its peak because i don't know what more they can do next season that's gonna be entertaining let's see if i'm wrong next year anyway and that is all from me for today if you enjoy don't forget to share with your friends use the hashtag to let me know your thoughts on the episode i don't think you can leave a review on soundcloud and spotify but please leave a review on apple Podcasts because it makes me happy it lets me know what you guys love about the podcast and it's definitely encouraging. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Classic Manny and TC Manny HQ. I've got two accounts, TC Manny HQ and the Classic Manny. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to always do you and be unapologetic. Bye. I'm a classic man. You can be me when you look this clean, oh,